Hey, this is Danny from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you guys are listening to the BS Podcast Network. You're listening to the Magic Our Way podcast with Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee. Oh, I love the way their foul little minds work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of... The Magic R-Way! Magic R-Way! Magic R-Way! Magic R-Way! The Magic R-Way Podcast! They are truly magical and whatnot. Sante Sante, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Hour podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff, and this is a show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicRway.com is where you can find us today. We are presenting the history of Wilderness Lodge. So, guys, look, this isn't your typical polished, practiced, pixie dust and Disney podcast. We are not in the parks every day trying to tell you the way to angle your head during a photo pass shoot so that you are looking up Tinkerbell's skirt. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's right, dude. We're just here to drink, talk Disney, and entertain y'all. And look, fair warning, uh, some people on uh, iTunes don't find us all that entertaining. Yeah, but look, that ain't our problem. <laughs> so guys, my name is Kevin. I'm Danny. And I'm Eli. And I am Lee. Plus, we have a special guest. Professor X, Keith, who's on the show to tell us about the history of the Wilderness Lodge. So, guys, enough of our jibber-jabber. Let's go discuss some wilderness magic. All right, my weekends. Here we are on the hub. And as I mentioned in the intro, we have a very special guest to take us to this tour of the history and all kind of fun things about the Wilderness Lodge. We have Professor X right here on our show. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Good, Ooh, good. Yay. Yay. Well, that, well, that's an intro for, for me. So, guys, first of all, thank you so much for, uh, you know, telling me you want to do the Wilderness Lodge because it's one of my favorite resorts. Mine too. And, oh, great. And just for this, I decided, yeah. since we're doing video, I decided to um, – kind of do like Johnny Depp and kind of get in character a little bit. So I don't know if people can see in the video, go to YouTube on Magic Our Way. So I haven't shaved for about a month now. Ah. Uh, haven't showered. I've been in the backyard in the tent, kind of just getting ready, kind of get myself, you know, ready for the Wilderness Lodge kind of experience talking about the hotel. So give Same you here. I didn't even know we were doing Wilderness Lodge. <laughs> I was going to say. It's my lifestyle. Give you that another awesome. year, you'll look like Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Lee didn't get the memo then. <laughs> Usually doesn't anyway. So well, he is your arch rival. He always has to one up you. He's got to sneak one in. <laughs> yeah, you know, eventually I'll be on the show a couple more times, and I'll have a beard as long as Lee's. But uh, I might shave it. We'll see. I was gonna say, I'm sorry to hear that. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So as Kevin said, so today we're going to talk about the uh, Wilderness Lodge, the uh, great resort over near the Magic Kingdom. We're going to go through the uh, back history a little bit, and then we're diving to the resort itself and talk about some of the, uh, you know, cool things that you can kind of see at the resort. And especially for people that never been there or never got a chance to uh, visit, you can always uh, book your trip there. Keep that in mind. Travel agent on board here on the show. Yeah, there There's is. A Look plug at for him. You, Lee. 
That is wilderness. Look at Dead Kevin. He's ready for the to go I am. to Windows I'm your friendly neighborhood bear. Lions and tigers <laughs> and bears. Oh my. Happy, <laughs> happy Pride. Oh. <laughs> Oh, but no, it's a great it's a great location, man. I mean, especially if you don't want to pay monorail money and you want to be still close to the action. I mean, it's a 10, 15 minute boat ride over to Magic Kingdom and super convenient. And it's a great resort. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. I yeah. stayed there when uh, when I proposed to my wife. Oh, nice. yeah. Right. Cool. Well, you have to tell. We'll have to put that story in here. Yeah. Yeah. And then things got wild. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Wild at the wilderness lodge. <laughs> That's right. 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 <laughs> Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Oh yeah! <laughs> it's all nature. That geyser wasn't the only thing going off. Hey! hey. All nature, all the time. Hot. Oh mm. man. Man, so that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's one of my favorite resorts. I have yet to stay there, but I definitely plan to uh, someday in the future. But I always make a trip to eat out some of the restaurants and whatnot. So. I'm very excited to see anybody else stay at uh, Wilderness Lodge. Keith, I think you said you did, right? No, I haven't been you there. Haven't. It's on my wish list. So for my big 50th anniversary trip, it's um, either going to stay at the lodge or stay at one of the villas. Okay. Hey, so where, where are you going, Keith? Lodge. Somewhere in the next 18 months, Lee. Oh, okay. so I really don't know yet. So. Well, I'd say you can hang out with me and, um, and Kevin. We're going to be there September 30th through October 4th. Of this year. Of yeah. this year, yep. Uh, I just yeah, booked okay. my park reses. Nice. Okay. So. Yeah, so if you make it down, like, I, you know, I wasn't able to book the vacation with uh, Lee, or not book the Magic Kingdom with Lee on the first, but so I'm by myself. So if you want to come hang, Hold let's up. do it, man. Yeah, I'll try to fit that in the cards. Oh. Probably not because oh, something okay. called school. Oh, oh yeah, there is that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who cares about school? But it's a great time. I mean, you guys are going at a great oh. time. I mean, Wilderness Lodge in the fall, it kind of just screams fall to begin with to me, you know, just the wilderness and everything else. I'm excited. I'll be looking forward to hearing all about your trip recaps on that trip. Yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to hearing the stuff that you have to give us, and, and that'll trigger our memories, and uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Keith, and lead us down this journey, sir. All right. Sounds good. So, of course, you know, Professor X always doing his research and always kind of stumbling upon things I just never knew before. You figure I would know everything about Disney, but the um, the history of Wilderness Lodge actually has an interesting history, and it goes back, actually, it, in theory, there's lots of different theories about the origins of the Wilderness Lodge, but it seems to possibly go back as far as back as 1967. Hmm. Um, 1967? Which is even before the Magic Kingdom was even, Just I don't want to say created, but side. kind of built. Yeah, exactly. What about the year you were born, Lee? <laughs> 71 thank you <laughs> 1871 <laughs> <laughs> trying to date, date Lee a little bit more than he is oh um, man who would yeah. yeah exactly he's got the beard yeah, you know figure he's the old man so yeah you can see the backside of the beard <laughs> the backside of beard <laughs> so the way 1967 comes into place when Disney was designing the uh, Magic Kingdom resort there was obviously various um, hotels that he was going to have there. And specifically in 1967, they designed a map, which actually showed all the various resorts they were going to have around the Magic Kingdom Resort. Now, some of these I actually didn't know, so I'm going to just go through them real quick. So there apparently the map showed there was going to be a Cape Cod Village, a South Seas Glass Skyscraper. There was going to be a Yesterland Hotel, which basically was going to be part of the Main Street kind of theme. There was going to be a Spanish Colonial Hotel, an Oriental Hotel, a Dutch Hotel, an African Hotel, which would have been themed with Adventurelands, and there's a, there was going to be a Frontier Village. So this is where the Wilderness Lodge possibly origins comes into play. 
But at the same time, it was also rumored that this could have been Fort Wilderness as well. Mm-hmm. But question. The Dutch Lodge, were, when you go there, did you have to split your bill in half with everyone? Uh, uh, you might have. I'm not really sure. So, I mean, even back then, you could kind of seem... <laughs> He's like, I don't really care about what I, you It was better than what I thought. I thought he was going to do a Dutch oven joke. So, I mean, even then, you can kind of see the origins of Epcot a little bit with these different themed hotels. Yeah. But well, that's going off on a total different, uh, you know, tangent there. So just moving along a little bit in the timeline. So in 1969, they threw out some of the ideas of hotels. They kept uh, fine line the, the hotels a little bit. So they had a Persian palace. Uh, U.S. Disney Hotel, which later would become the Tempo Resort, mm-hmm. which then would become what resort, gentlemen? Contemporary. Contemporary, yes. There was a Far East um, Disney Hotel, a Venice Hotel, Disney South Pacific, and then the Frontier Village name actually changed to Diamond D, which is going to be a Disney Dude Ranch, which w- really points to that <laughs> would be for Sounds Wilderness. like a wrestling match. <laughs> what uh, Disney... Diamond Disney D, D well, Diamond D. Yep. Coming to the stage. <laughs> Diamond D. It, it, I was thinking of the Double D Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a I like it. I like the shades, Kev. Double D Ranch. Double D, where he's a smile all day. So, yeah. So, the Diamond D Resort basically pointed that it was probably going to be Fort Wilderness. But at the same time frame, as Fort Wilderness was being built, jumping around the timeline a little bit, a little bit forwards back into around 1971, 72, when Fort Wilderness was being built, they cleared a part of land, which was near Fort Wilderness, but not exactly, you know, where Fort Wilderness was located. So they cleared that area of trees and some claim that this area was originally, originally going to be an addition for more campgrounds, but it turns out this was the same area where the Wilderness Lodge area hotel was actually going to be built. So now we're in 71, 72 time frame. So the original name of the hotel was actually going to be called Cypress Point Lodge. So I guess at one point there was a cypress tree there maybe, or, you know, a whole bunch of trees or whatever. So they came up with this name, the Cypress, you know, Point Lodge. What do you guys think of that name compared to the Wilderness Lodge now? Be a little not more a specific. It's not, not a bad, bad name. I, I like, like Cypresses and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think Wilderness Lodge is is it's just iconic now. Yeah, uh, right. but yeah, well, maybe they were going to build a Cypress Hill Lounge, and that was going to be <laughs> oh, that would been I would have been down for that. <laughs> Cypress Hill Lounge. Yeah, smoking yeah, trees. I mean, kind of local. You have no. to be insane in the membrane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they named um, Artist Point a uh, Cypress Point instead? That's an interesting. Oh. Yeah, not bad. A Cypress Point in and of itself could be a great name for a, re- a resort. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I was always partial to Artist Point just because all the paintings that adorn the walls. I mean, oh, yeah, that is, that is cool. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So now we're in 7172. So there was an area of land, like you said, that was cleared. Maybe additional campground for Fort Wilderness. Maybe not. But in the 1973 um, Walt Disney World Sylvaner Guidebook, in the brochure, there was an unnamed lodge, which they had kind of a drawing, which basically was going to be showing that there would be a resort at this location. And then at that point in time, it really looked like this would have been that Cypress Point Lodge Resort. But in 1973, let's see how, how well you guys are in history. Here's the professor coming into play. What happened in 1973 affecting the U.S. that caused Walt Disney World attendance to drop by 20%? The recession. Anybody? Oil embargo? Yes, correct. Who was that, Danny? Was yes, sir. <laughs> Gold star? Well, whoever said that was correct. So yeah. the Arab oil embargo of 1973 
like I said, dropped attendance by 20% for Disney World. So that basically killed that hotel idea for, for the moment. You know how a good idea of Disney World never dies. So, um, so that was kind of early 70s. Possible origins of the hotel. So now it's jump another about six or seven years. So now we're kind of into the late 70s, 78, 79, 80. We were already born. Okay. Yeah. Well, Congratulations, we gentlemen. Yes. We were 22. Yep. So in that 80, 81, 82, there's a hint for you. What was being built, major, you know, kind of thing being built at Disney World? Epcot. Epcot. Epcot Center was being built at that time frame. Card Walker and some of the other management at Disney World realized once Epcot gets built, we're going to have a lot more boost in attendance. The current existing Disney hotels are not going to cut it. So there was a thought process to maybe build some new hotels over, over during that time frame. One of the ideas that was resurrected was the Cypress Point Lodge. So at the time it was initiated that they're thinking about building a Cypress Point Lodge in the specific area where the land was already cleared. And what was also appealing to them at the time is that it wouldn't be on the resort monorail line, so it wouldn't cause basically disruption in the current operation of the monorail, the Magic Kingdom area. So That's a good idea, actually. I never thought about that, but yeah, they could leave those uninterrupted and they have a whole separate thing here. They don't have to mess up with a good thing that they got already. So yeah, that's, I never knew that. Yeah, and more proof of this. There was a November 4th, 1982 issue of the Walt Disney World Eyes and Ears um, magazine, which mostly put out for um, cast members. And it talks about the resort a little bit. So apparently it was supposed to be a moderate resort. So apparently over time it changed, I guess, from a moderate to a deluxe. But so it's supposed to be a medium-sized hotel located on the southern shore of Bay Lake near a Fort Wilderness Resort. And it was supposed to have 550 rooms. And this is kind of interesting. It was supposed to have 50 log cabins on the beach. Um, so this is those cabins, part of that Copper Creek Hills, which came into play 40 years later or whatever. So I guess the plan was way back in 82 to have these log cabins on the beach. Oh, that's kind of so, cool. I don't think of log cabins when I think of the beach, though. I yeah. think of, like... Palapas and you know beach houses and cabanas. Yeah, yeah. I mean like a, a, a lake. Yes, like a, a log cabin on a lake, but not on a beach. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't add in like teepees or something like that. Oh well, that would have been wigwams. And- <laughs> well, actually, we'll get to we'll get to that too a little bit further down in the timeline. But it, like I said, the, the Cypress Point Watch changes in. You had to order your food by smoke signal. <laughs> 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 hey, that's, that's big... the early uh, mobile dining, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, the bang little log. Well, yeah. Just, like, doing the Willy Wonka. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Now, kind of compare this when I mentioned some of these features currently to the Wilderness Lodge. So it's supposed to have two restaurants. It has two restaurants now. Pool. Um, a lake dock. And guests would be able to visit Cypress Point Lodge by watercraft. The only difference, which you kind of just talked about, Lee, is that there was supposed to be a beach there. And obviously, yeah. there's no real beach there due to alligators in the water and everything else at Disney. But yeah. And actually, you guys remember back in the 1980s, people that kind of visited the Magic Kingdom. I don't know if you guys visited back that early. But remember um, leaving the, the post-show area of the Walt Disney World story, that movie? There was always some model kind of showing something coming in the future. Kind of, kind of sort of remember. Yeah, I, was, I visited, but not often when I was that young. So I couldn't okay. swear to it. But I do remember seeing models. I, I I couldn't tell you where they were. I'd have to look at pictures. Kind of. yeah. yeah. Well, one well one of the large models was of the Walt Disney World Resort area, and part of it was a model of the Cypress Point Lodge in that whole scheme of Walt Disney World. 
So there was um, a model of this hotel at one point for correct. people to see. Yes. Oh, you know, I kind of remember that now. It was like under a big glass. Yeah, I think I'm, it was a huge, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was basically huge. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So that was part of the model. So that's proof that back in the early 80s, they were, you know, planning that resort. So now here's something else that killed the idea again. It wasn't the Arab oil embargo, but it was actually low attendance for Epcot when they first opened up. Ah. Oh, it wasn't as popular as they thought it was going to be. That kind of sucks. About the first year or two of Epcot, attendance wasn't got the numbers that Disney wanted, probably based on their business model. So then oh. the uh, the oh, lodge okay. and the model disappeared, and that idea disappeared. Now, you also have to remember at the time, Epcot was only supposed to cost somewhere $300, 400000000 million, and it wound up costing over a billion, so cost <laughs> overruns. That's kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the cost for that increase? So obviously they had to make some cost, and so they're at the point in time, hey, let's build all these hotels for this big boost in attendance from Epcot, and we just spent $600 million more than we wanted to, and probably maybe we could put that hotel on hold. Wow. So now the uh, Cypress Point Lodge or Wilderness Lodge or whatever you want to call it is on hold for a second time. Yeah. Now knowing what we know now, it seems it actually seems not a good idea because it wouldn't help with Epcot. It would help more with magic kingdom you know that's then we get beach club and we get yacht club and stuff like that and boardwalk that goes along with epcot but i mean i guess any hotel would have helped if there was a, an increase in attendance but interestingly because if you do think about it well the grand Floridian opened in 88 so that was you know on the monorail line but kind of the yon beach club and more of those opened up caribbean beach near that epcot area sure kind of in the late 80s early 90s so kind of an area that they were re kind of developing more for epcot so to your point, why would they want to build this Cypress Point Lodge, which is near the Magic Kingdom, if when I just told you part of the logic was to build this hotel because of Epcot's boost attendance, mm-hmm. when do you want to build a hotel now closer to Epcot? Well, right. the monorail, though, connects to Epcot. True. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Like I said, yeah. this is more like hindsight is twenty twenty situation. Right, you know? right. Now that yeah. we have what we have, it makes more sense that we have hotels that you can walk to Epcot from. Yeah, no, no, no just interesting kind of a hindsight there. So now the Wilderness Lodge gets reborn now for a third time. So we have Michael Eisner coming in the door in 1984. That's my CEO. There you go. There you That's go. my guy. All right. All right. I didn't want to say anything. He's my CEO, too. Mm-hmm. I actually saw him in person at one of the stockholder meetings in 2004 in Philadelphia. Oh, really? That's cool. And oh, yeah. Cool. So and actually, um, real quick side note, it was at the uh, Philadelphia Convention Center and, you know, got to see. And this was the really heated one when basically they kicked out Eisner. Yes. Um, oh, wow. It was really cool because sitting about two rows behind me in regular seats was actually Roy um, Roy Disney Jr. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. Um, Roy his... I'm sorry? Was it Roy O? Roy no, O this Roy was, e. uh, oh, was Roy O. Uh, Roy O passed away in the early 70s. Um, Roy E? Roy E? Roy, uh, yeah, I can't. The son. Yeah, yeah one of the yeah, sons. Yeah, the son, yeah. Because it's not I mean, a junior. He like Walt, but just to kind of see somebody, you know, like a little bit of an icon thing. It was cool. Yeah, just to see him in person and see Michael Eisner over the years. So so I'm glad to see that we're all on board with Michael Eisner because he's actually the one that actually is responsible now for the Wilderness Lodge. A lot of um, stuff. Finally. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. So Michael Eisner, you know, he always loved the outdoors. He had that book. Um, I think it was called Camp, where he talks about his childhood and going to camp, you know, upstate New oh, York. And- yeah, that one time at band camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he was big outdoors guy and always loved like the outdoors and wilderness. So when I guess, you know, when he saw this somewhere in the blueprint somewhere or whatever, he, he was open up for this idea. And at the same time, during that early 90s time frame, he was trying to basically entice a lot of architects like Robert Stern and Michael Graves to kind of design buildings on Walt Disney World property. 
So this is why, you know, doing another tangent here, but this is why we got the Walt Disney World casting building and the Swan and Dolphin in that, you know, that weird architecture. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's unique. So he was the one at the time who wanted to bring on, you know, this famous architects and at the same time build this wilderness lodge. On January 4th, 1990, so Michael Eisner announced the, uh, you guys remember this, the Disney decade? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. So where he just had all these plans, like every year, cranking them out. Can you imagine today? You know, they just go up and say, this is what we're going to build for the next 10 years <laughs> and actually do most of it. And then all of a sudden there's budget cuts every two minutes and, oh, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. pretty bold statement just for him to do that. Part of his announcement, seven hotels were mentioned and Disney World was going to build seven new hotels with 4,500 rooms, bringing the um, the room supply up to 21,000 rooms by the year 2000. The new hotels included a thousand room Mediterranean resort. And also, once again, the Wilderness Lodge was reborn and it was going to be built almost the same spot we're going to build before, but there was going to be more added to it. So do you, do you remember, Lee, kind of going back to your episode, I don't know, episode what it was, 200 something, where you talked about Fort Wilderness? Train and, and all yep. that stuff. And we did the, um, the water park. Oh, River Country. River Country was part of that. So, yeah, I remember that. And so that was going to be part of this. Yes. Yeah, so what they were going to do in, in hindsight, I think it would have really worked really well. So they were going to have the Wilderness Lodge built, 700 room Wilderness Lodge. They have Fort Wilderness. OK. Mm -hmm. And at the time, River Country was still open because River Country technically right. didn't close until early 2003 or you know something like that. So they were actually going to have Wilderness Lodge, Fort Wilderness, and they were going to actually have another hotel called Buffalo Junction connecting the three of them. Wow. Mm, Buffalo Junction. Buffalo Junction. <laughs> it's like Petticoat Junction. So is that also like a wilderness yeah. theme, it, it sounds mm -hmm. like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what they were going to do, also Buffalo Junction was also known as Wilderness Junction. But to just put this in perspective, just to kind of answer your question, um, Danny. So we have to jump across the world just for a minute, and I'll come back to your question. Okay. So at the <laughs> same time frame, Disneyland Paris was being built um, oh, in the okay. early 90s. So one of the hotels that they were actually building, which had a Wild West theme, was the uh, Cheyenne Hotel, which was built oh, as yeah. one of the current hotels over Disneyland Paris. So they were going to take that hotel, picture an old Wild West town, two-story buildings, kind of like, I guess, um, Frontierland is now. So yeah. it was going to be like that. So it wasn't going to be like a big resort for this Buffalo Junction, but they were going to have like the... The Wild West, the dusty like streets, and I'm sure there would have been shops and restaurants been there. And at the same time frame, because they were building this and Disney is all about synergy. So they were basically building um, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show for Disneyland Paris because apparently people in Europe love that Wild West theme. Mm. So at the same time, they could have took all that and just kind of built this in that. Wilderness Lodge, you know, Buffalo Junction, build the Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. And connect it with the Wilderness Lodge. They could have put like a tombstone theme or something. Yeah, I was like gonna say. So it was like staying in the in the Wild West, and it, would, it was like interactive, kind of like a, a similar. Way, I guess what they're gonna be doing with the Star Wars hotel, where you walk in there and characters are talking. Right. Like, hey, Buckaroo! Right, yeah. howdy, partner. You getting challenged to a duel or something? I'm a roping cowboy. Well, the, the Buffalo Bills Wild West show is definitely interactive. I mean, that would have been the, like the hoopty do review where you pay for it. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, but I'm sure they would have had you know horseback rides, you know wagon rides. It would have been almost like Frontierland, but at a hotel. Okay, I'm like imagining streetmosphere characters like having shootouts in the street, like doing yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. 
That's what it was like when you went to Six Flags. Like they they had oh, like a, true, yeah. yeah they yeah. had a whole Western town with shootouts in the streets, and that's again that's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, oh wow, that'd be kind of cool if you're staying at a hotel and in around this Western town where everyone's kind of playing a role. Yeah, no, yeah. that would kind of cool in I France like uh, of yeah. all places. You could have like Doc Holiday come out. That's yeah, yeah I'm right? Huckleberry. Yeah, you had say we. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then if you have the train, and that train goes from. Buffalo Junction to Fort Wilderness to Wilderness Lodge to the River Country. I mean, that even makes it even better. It makes it feel like more of cool. a complete Western, yeah, yeah. Western style. You had different sections of uh, of the town to explore. Yeah, and train. you had to get the train like held up by marauders. And there stuff. you go. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> Shoot, I'm gonna be late for my fast pass. Bandits hijack the train yeah. again. And they're gonna have the Golden Spike ceremony, <laughs> and they'll just come come around with Danny, oranges. So you're you're correct. They were actually were gonna like rebuild the railroad. Exactly what you just said. That oh, really? Been, that would have been great. Yeah. Oh, that would have been wonderful. I have, I'm looking at a picture right now. They have the Wilderness Lodge, and they have the railroad connecting right to the lodge. Like, there was a station right at the lodge. So you could have took that. You could have went to, you know, River Country, Fort Wilderness, this Buffalo Junction or Wilderness Junction or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that, it would have been like a whole area. You know what I mean? That would have been amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Why don't they do that? I was like, when I think of Buffalo Bill now, I think of Silence of the Lambs, so... It kind of throws it off a little bit, but no, you like it. That didn't exist. You You kind of like it. Grease yourself. Don't lie. That's a whole different role playing experience. Lately, yeah, you wake up in a well and (laughs) yeah, you have the well like in Indiana Jones. Like (laughs) (laughs) you can lower the lotion down the well. It puts the lapu on its skin. (laughs) Oh, or it it has to pay again. (laughs) So uh, unfortunately, though, you know, based on this great idea, unfortunately, what happened. Now, it wasn't the oil embargo, poor attendance in the first couple of years at Epcot. It was actually twofold. It was, was it the Disney Paris. Yep. Disneyland Paris kind of was a financial Astros. failure. From money the start. Suck. Yeah. So, yep. So Disneyland Paris kind of was a financial nightmare. So money, obviously, that they thought would be pouring in didn't. And at the same time, in 1992, based on there was there was a start of a recession. So combination of the two. And well, they kept some of it because Wilderness Lodge actually stayed, but everything else kind of fell by the wayside. So, um, so no Buffalo Wild Wings. So no Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That could have went right in there. So uh, had some sponsorship there, you know. So uh, had a Ponderosa Outback. You know, pick your uh, steakhouse <laughs> chain there. Huh? <laughs> Outback. So, or I guess Outback wouldn't fit because that's Australian. Oh, but, like you know. a Texas Roadhouse. Texas thing. Oh, yeah, Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse sure. or, uh, yeah. So the only thing that survived was the uh, Wilderness Lodge Resort. At the time, they were still thinking that River Country would have still been there. Can you imagine they built all this and then they closed down River Country? That would have put a wrench in the in the whole thing. I mean, because why would you need to travel in in between resorts? Right. I, mean, I suppose, like, if you go to the Hoopty Doo musical review or something like that, that would be convenient. But being able to hit up resorts and go to River Country, that would have been nice. Yeah. It was right there. Yeah, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, a lot more practical. Yeah. Once again, an idea Disney never dies. So they were going to build uh, Reflections, was the name of the DVC resort that they were going to build about three, four years ago. Reflections. Okay. Reflections. You know, we'll get into the theming of the Wilderness Lodge, you know. Um, kind of cool, yeah. In a little bit, but that was kind of, and not to go on another tangent, but I feel like Disney's getting a little more watered down with their current resorts, um, a little bit with the Riviera. And it, if you looked at the the blueprints for this um, Reflections, it was more 
modernized, I, I guess, nature version. They had a little bit of Pocahontas in there. I wasn't personally thrilled about it, and I'm glad that COVID kind of, I think, killed it. But damn. <laughs> COVID, the summer Dude, COVID just did something right for once. COVID Thank God, God for COVID. Man, huh? Wow. Let it I mean, go, they could take that whole they could take that whole river country area and make it like the a water uh, theme for those two areas for Wilderness Lodge and Copper Creek and all that, and then they'll be only accessible to those resorts. Yeah, but I think the the reason that they haven't really done anything with River Country Lee is uh, asbestos. That's what I've I heard. know. We talked about that. That's yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I but what are you going to do? Eventually, you have to do something with it, and yeah, burn you're it. Going to get no cheaper. <laughs> Pay a lot yeah. of money to get a, an asbestos screw in there to remove um, all that stuff. But dude. like I said, it ain't going to get no cheaper. So, are, are you saying, yeah. Danny? Just going a quick side note again. Are you saying that that when they built River Country, they built it like that rocks and all that? Was it that's just built in there, like due to seventies construction? Yeah, asbestos was like a miracle um, insulator. Insulator, yeah, yeah. In uh, in the seventies, sixties, seventies, they right, right. pretty much stopped usage. By around nineteen eighty, they figured out it was killing people. Um, mm. so, but up until then, it was viewed as a miracle product, or you could take these super hot piping and 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 it it would help uh, insulate that heat. And uh, yeah, that's the rumor going around. Um, uh, but sense. I mean, the Disneyland Hotel, when that was built, that had asbestos in it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I submit to a lot of asbestos trust, and that Disneyland Hotel was an approved site <laughs> for construction workers who worked on it, where you didn't even have to submit a proof of exposure, as long as you, you know, could demonstrate. Yeah, between X and Y, I worked at the Disneyland Hotel uh, mm. in the construction phase, I should say, because asbestos is one of those things that you have to disturb it for it to become breathable. So it's either when you're putting okay. it in or you're taking it out that it becomes breathable. So a lot of people still to this day, especially in around New Orleans, have asbestos roof. As long as the, the roof tile doesn't crack or you're not, it, it's, it's fairly safe. So I think that's kind of okay. why they leave it alone. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so maybe they'll build on that area. Maybe they won't. But just to tie in, one other attraction, which I think you guys are maybe forgetting a little bit. So um, – Remember Discovery Island? That was another attraction. Yes, that yes. was yeah. that Love that same place. area. So yeah. you know that you almost had this whole little themed resort area all kind of looped together. But now, obviously, the Wilderness Lodge, you know, River Country shut down, Discovery Island shut down. So, but let's move ahead a little bit. So Michael Eisner wanted to build um, the Wilderness Lodge. He got one of the famous architects involved. Peter Dominic Jr. was the famous architect at the time. So they were going for this wild northwestern landscaping Grand Canyon slash national park rustic feel. That's That'd a been lot. Kinda cool. That's a so lot of cowboys. When you guys, you know, it's it's interesting. So when you visit certain Disney resorts or Disney theme lands or whatever, you can place, I guess, specifically where you're at. Like I'm yeah. in Fantasyland or I'm in Adventureland. Yeah. But when you go to the Wilderness Lodge, I mean, I gave you guys some ideas but what like what do you guys think as far as like where where are you at i guess in the world or whatever yeah i never under i know it's like it's woods and it's wilderness but there's lots of wilderness in the united states right so it could be in colorado it could be in i don't know wherever seattle i don't know like i was gonna say i, I kind of think that it's uh is it kind of reminds me of the pacific northwest kind of see i kind of mm -hmm. think that it, it's kind of like a, a national park like Yellowstone or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of uh, could be uh, it. Yosemite is uh, kind of like that. It's, you know, honestly, it's all of the above. Kind of like yeah. a combination of everything. Yeah, I mean, it, they definitely did some study, like you know, of the Pacific Northwest wilderness, that rustic. We said, you know, that wild, just wilderness, like wherever you are in Colorado or whatever. 
And they definitely focused in a lot on the National Park Service. So they went to Yellowstone, Glacier, Yosemite, and they looked at all big lodges that are got these um, national parks. I mean, I've never been there personally, but I kind of seen pictures and stuff like that. So they kind of looked at apparently one of the big inns they looked at is the Old Faithful Inn at Yellowstone National Park. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, right. As inspiration for the resort. So that's just a little bit of the, the background of where they got the inspiration for I'm, the I'm kind just of. I'm glad they didn't go with the original idea of uh, Brokeback Mountain Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Real different. Don't lie, Lee. You kind of would have liked that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you really <laughs> all that disappointed, Lee? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you're smiling right now. Look at you. I think you're kind of smiling right there. It's interesting. So I know um, all you guys, except you all been to um, Disneyland's uh, California Adventure and Disneyland yeah. probably in the yeah, last Yeah, the Grand Californian. So uh, if, you're, if you're saying that they researched all those places for the Wilderness Lodge, I think the out west, they looked at the Wilderness Lodge to build Grand California. What I was going to say, Kevin, is... I think the same architects, I'm not 100%, that designed a Wilderness Lodge also designed the Grand California. Two for one. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's a similar design. Very much yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, or, and also, or did they actually work on it? Did they just say, hey, dude, I like what you did here. We're just going to repeat that over here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm paying you already to do this. I don't I need mean, to pay you to do this. I'm just going to make it the same. Well, they had the blueprints. How, how, how similar? How similar is it? I've never seen the. It's, I mean, the lobby area is the same thing. Yeah, they're almost like twins. Yeah, they're okay. kind of like they're kind of like twins. Very similar. I don't think there's much as much of a Native American um, influence. No, not as much in the Grand Californian. And I'm, I'm struggling to think because I've never stayed there, but we've been right. in there multiple times. Um, okay. I can't. But you say have that a I've lot of the looked- same kind of features. I, I know I stayed there and, and I felt very sim- familiar. Okay, you familiar. know whatnot. Okay. Yeah, same color, uh, the same color scheme. To be like, honest with you, Animal Kingdom always felt similar as well. Yeah. I was about to bring that up. Same architect, same grand lobby. Is that like okay. kind of the only okay. design they kind of do? Big, big grand lobbies. Big grand lot wooded looking kind of looking things like wilderness looking. Well, yeah, yeah. it's impressive. I could tell it you is. that. It yeah. is nice. Well, it makes sense though because like if Keith said earlier, they were having all these crazy budget problems from past projects. It would make sense if they were like, okay, we know how much this layout cost. We could just—they yep. wouldn't have to that. recreate it. Yeah, and worry about any kind of crazy budget, you know, issues or going over or under, whatever. So I mean, it's no complaint. I I, I kind of dig it. It's good. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it works. I mean, if, if something works, keep it going. That's a good point. If you think about it, if you know, obviously Disney is always about synergy. So if you, like you said, if you know the construction cost and you kind of just modify the theme a little bit, I bet you the actual—if we take the blueprints, put them similar, I bet you they're very similar. The, between the wilderness and the Grand California. Yeah, it sounds like so, it. And you know, yeah. I kind of got to give it to those guys. If you're going to do something may, or do one thing, just do it really well. Yeah. You know, and good for them. You know, they, they I, I like those resorts that they built. It's, it's well, they're, cool. they're on opposite coasts. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not That's like, uh, it's not like, like two gas stations right on the right. same sheet. Yeah. Both shell or <laughs> they're something. competing with one another. Yeah, no, the experience is, uh, is, is different. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of all-star resorts. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to kind of go into why I love it, and it's my favorite resort is, I mean, every Disney resort definitely has theming, but it's it's actually one of my favorite themings, I think, just because I get the whole wilderness and all that and takes you to um, not a specific place like we just talked about, but kind of almost like an escapism place. Like here I'm kind of staying at this resort in the woods. You get away from the hustle bustle of the parks, and you come back, you have these giant trees, you know, more of like a serenity calmness, I guess. So yeah, kind of um, chill kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's what my personal love about the I experience. Dig it. I dig it. Yeah. So the theming is interesting. So the theming actually starts just when you actually approach the resort. 
So turn on Timberland Drive. So there's kind of a theming right there. Huh, so you go through this big archway, which is themed with um, buffaloes. And it constantly is saying you, you're leaving Florida and you're entering like this new land or, you know, whatever, heading into the woods. It's kind of like Jurassic Park, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like that big gate. Let's get yeah. put out the doors and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So without it being eaten alive. Well, you could be eaten alive by bears, kind of, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Oh, damn. That's a good selling point. I mean, it kind of sucked, but you know, right, what you're gonna, gonna do. <laughs> get your exercise. Run from a bear. You know, you know, Just make sure you're you got alligators in the water. You got bears in the woods. I mean, you know what kind of place is this? I mean, big? it's crazy. I don't get it. Yeah, can you imagine it? Like if they took the wood uh, instead of the Animal Kingdom Lodge, like you know how you overlook the savanna. If you could overlook the woods and they just had like bears in there and moose and sure. elk and all, and a lion. <laughs> oh my, lions coming out looking at you and like. tigers. I would pay money for a wilderness animal view or whatever they would call it, you know? Oh, oh yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be cool if, like, all right, so they had, like, this uh, area set up, and they would be, like, preferential balconies where you would look out, and it would be, like, a protected area that's made up to look like wilderness, but you'd see little things like, I don't know, Chippendale running around, or you would see <laughs> kind of like the portholes on the, on the ships where they've incorporated okay. characters into it. Where you would see Chippendale frolicking in the woods, or Brother Bear, or <laughs> whatever. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool if like, you just saw like these Disney animals just interacting in the woods? What are they doing in the woods? What? Pocahontas just swoops in and just hi, and hi. swoops out, it swoops out. Yeah, the tree back. starts talking at you. Yes. Oh. oh, Grandma Willow. Yeah. Yeah. You go out to the balcony, and Grandma Willow's like, "Good job last yeah. night." Yeah. Like, holy. <laughs> like, holy crap! The tree's talking to me. <laughs> It's that gummy bear you You're had. like, say something again. Those gummies you had, Eli. Yeah. You like start walking the tree like, do my bills. Go ahead. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, so the Polynesian is getting a redo with Moana. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys just saw the contemporaries getting an Incredibles redo. Yeah, we talked about that way back. Yeah. 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 So what's the IP that's going to Wilderness Lodge eventually? Brother oh. Bear. Toy Story, Brother Bear, <laughs> Pocahontas, you name it, anything. Atlantis. Wilderness. Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. Atlantis. <laughs> wow. so anything, with, anything with wood animals, right? The that's Snow White it. characters. That's right. You know? well, I mean, you, are, you have a Snow White restaurant. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, that's oh, this point. is true. That's yeah. Right. yeah uh, Humphrey yeah. the Bear, that's their unofficial mascot. That's uh, outside yeah. of we'll Wakanda. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. There's, there's yeah, a ton. A, Which one do you think would be the best-selling IP to put? In there, like the one that would put it over the top. Toy Story, yeah. Toy Story, people, yeah. Will, yeah, Toy Story. yeah. Like Woody, you gonna yeah, put Woody in like, there? Woody gonna, in the wilderness? Who's gonna pay for the Brother Bear room? <laughs> yeah, I would. Now, I want Brother Bear, but I'm just, you know. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, Snow White, but mm, just seems like uh, that doesn't really. I think yeah. Snow White makes sense, but I don't think that it would be appealing to a, a modern day kids. Right. Flubber. Yeah. What if they rethemed <laughs> like? The Woody Room, or yeah, yeah, the Roundup yeah. Gang, uh, you know, yeah, right, yeah, mm, okay, from uh, the Roundup Story Room, too. yeah, there you go, the hoedowns, yeah, you pay per hour, put your hands in the sky, partner. Can you imagine the the Toy Story characters over at Whispering Canyon? I could, yeah, I could easily see them doing that. I think they'd be great. Yeah. Catch up. Oh, hate <laughs> to say it, but I Boom. can see it. Made magic again. I need a little more water. Why you go? So you're. Approaching the big Jurassic Park entrance there. So what they did a curve and then they basically did the land a little bit with some site regrading. So basically they put in a bunch of trees and they basically take the sight lines out. So when you come in, if you think about it, you drive in, you curve and then you turn in and then you have big resort in front of you hidden behind these trees. Yeah. So it's kind of this like grand reveal. And then the parking lot. They, really well done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. So they basically hide all the parking and business services and all that kind of stuff out of sight. And then you basically have the um, just kind of the woods, you know, and a lot of giant trees, plants Mm -hmm. and all that to go in with that theming just to get you away from Florida. What would you guys think if the monorail went by? Would that kind of ruin the theme? No, it would spoil it. It would spoil it. It would be trippy. Totally spoil it. That'd be weird. they should have to. They'd have to do something with like a special monorail car that looked like an old railway train or something. Or they like painted so his camouflage should look like trees like, or something. Or maybe look yeah, it. But the same monorail runs on the same track going to contemporary Polynesian and all. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, I, I think it looks weird when you see it the Polynesian. But I don't know. I like the idea. You got a water taxi and that's fine. You got a water taxi. You got a bus line. I'm good. A train would be best. The train would be best. That is true. Or a golf cart or an ATV. Oh, that'd be awesome. I take that. Yeah. ATV, ATV. Oh, man, I like that. Rent yeah. an ATV. Rent an ATV. Drive through it. Get a bus. They have the Segway tour at one time, so they could kind of do the same concept with ATVs. Yeah, that would. I think that would help to add to just the natural concept of, of things. Like you said, if it's something seriously technical, it doesn't make sense. Can you right. imagine what guests would do if they had TV? Wait, <laughs> Ramping up their scared raccoons. You know how stuff. many ATVs they'd have to fish out of Bay Lake? <laughs> oh, God. Remember the guy that crashed the golf, club, a golf cart you know, from Fort Wilderness? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. No, I don't remember that. No, what happened? Yeah, a couple years ago, somebody drove a golf cart into the, the lake near Fort Wilderness. So a lot of ATVs <laughs> would be underwater. Oh, that's a good story. It would so. have to be amphibious, kind of like those cars at downtown Disney. <laughs> yeah. Disney Springs, yeah. as it were. At the yeah. boathouse. <laughs> yeah, at the boathouse, yes. Get some good revenue, though. You got to pay insurance or something before you rent it. And you know they're going to drive it right into the water. We riding dirty. <laughs> we doing it. <laughs> it wilderness. Kind of like that. Let's get it going. Yeah, man. The first time I saw Wilderness Lodge, like, when I saw it, it looked like a giant Lincoln Log set, man. It's like. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was so impressive. Yeah. Like, wow, I used to make this when I was a kid, but not like on this scale. But then you walk in that lobby just overtakes you. Oh, it's beautiful. So beautiful. I love it. Mm. And the smells. Yes. Let's kind of jump into that lobby a little bit. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into it. the lab. Jump, let's jump yeah. into jump the lab. Into the lobby. The lo- so one interesting point, which uh, Danny, you mentioned a little bit, which is not at the Grand Californian is there's a lot of definitely heavy theming in the uh, probably the second most themed resort that I know of next to the uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge is, you know how you walk through Animal Kingdom Lodge and there's a ton of like African exhibits and stuff like that. So there's a lot of Native American artifacts, decorations in that lobby. Like Mm -hmm. artifacts or like actual decorate? Like it's a, it's like a combination of the two. I think it's like it's like artifacts and reproduction of like okay. actual art. Like I remember, he, like they they did like you know like because I think Native Americans like they were big into the eagle, so they made these headdresses with eagle feathers. But well, eagles were on like the endangered species list, so I think they just took turkey feathers. They recycled it before they wow. killed for turkey legs. <laughs> <laughs> they should have saved those feathers. Uh, for our wow. next project. Use every part of the turkey. Like, you know, oh, that's messed up. Like, yeah. People can't that's tell Disney the difference. Synergy. Put yeah. it in the pillows. No, if you, I mean, if you think about the resort, so they have these giant TP chandeliers, which are, they have four of them, which are 500 pounds each, and are made from actual rawhide that they stretched over the framework. And they have Native American symbols in red and black on these TPs. So cool. So they have representations of four Native American tribes Cheyenne, Crow, Blackfoot, and um, and I apologize to the Native Americans who uh, listen to the show. The Crips. So, no, not the Crips. <laughs> uh, Soleil, S-I-O-U-X. Two. 
Once again, Keith with his great pronunciations here. So So they have a lot of their artifacts in the lobby as well. They have headdresses. They have basically behind the uh, front desk, they have uh, cradle boards, which is basically used to help like a soft skin pouch. They use to basically what they carry babies in. They have moccasins. Kind of thing, yeah, like a papoose. Yeah. Okay. So they have just a ton of this stuff here. When you're walking through the lobby, probably never even really notice. One of the other two big things which really stand out is they have two 55 foot um, tall totem poles in the lobby, which basically is a representation of Northwest Native American cultures. Without going into too much of the story, each of these totem poles tells the story the way they carved it into the the totem pole. About the history of the tribes, or just. Like a fable. Apparently, one is about an eagle and one is about a raven. Oh, cool. Okay. Right. So they're Harry Potter characters. <laughs> and then it's the Hufflepuff. Uh, so <laughs> so yeah. to answer but your... Right. Did, are these made by Native Americans or story behind that? No. No, they weren't made by Native Americans. Well, Disney hired... Now, I'm not sure of the gentleman's background, but they did hire somebody basically create these totem poles. I'm not sure if he was Native American or not. He wasn't. John okay. Smith made them. <laughs> John Smith. Yeah, the guy's name was Dwayne Pascoe, and he's not a descendant of the Pacific Northwest Indians. Yeah, he's considered one of the most adept uh, among the handful of Canadian and American yeah, master carvers that are working today, and he's responsible for both of those totems. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you want to go into these stories on the totem poles, but... You know. Oh, we can go on it. You want to... You want to I, I got it right in front of me. You want me to go do it? You want to do it, Keith, or... You yeah, have I'll it? go do it, Danny. I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, zoom it up. Far. Yeah, All right, I want so, to know the stories. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to start with you. You want to start with the raven or the eagle? Let's do the raven. Yeah, well, raven. Nevermore. Yeah, yeah. Nevermore. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah quote the raven. Nevermore, yeah. So, I kind of like that one. All right, so the raven totem pole is located in front of the Whispering Canyon Cafe. Uh, now, so both poles are meant to be read from the bottom... Bottom up. On up. Got it? All right, so we're going to begin at the bottom of the raven pole, and on the bottom of the raven pole is the image of the whale chief. Whale chief. Whale Whale chief. chief. That's right. The whale chief has a beautiful daughter named Dolphin. Ah, Mm. Yes, Dolphin. Yeah, now Mountain Lion asked to marry Dolphin, but was refused by the whale chief, and in his anger, scratched his throat with his claws, leaving scratches so deep that they've remained on many whales ever since. Yeah, so if you ever wonder where whales oh, get scratches, yeah. it's from claws of angry mountain lions. How was that relationship going to work? The mountain lion and the dolphin. How's that? That's awesome. How's that going to work? I don't yeah. know necessarily, but stay They look tuned. beyond the species that you like. I they don't care. They I, look beyond. I, I do the love same is thing. love, sir. Love is love. This is like uh, as the world turns, but with uh, animals. animals <laughs> so there's like lots of uh, drama, it looks like. Come back here to the mountain. Now, Why are you going back in the river? Get out of here. Now, Frog is known as the great communicator okay. and has made peace between Whale Chief and Mountain Lion. After the oh. scratch? After trying to gouge out his throat and trying to marry, you know, make like, his daughter. I'd be like, hell no, there's no peace. Go well, ahead, Kermit. Frog yeah. worked miracles. Frog. And Frog. made peace between Whale Chief and Mountain Lion. Okay. Uh. So now as part of the agreement, Whale Chief decided to hold an archery contest. Oh, archery! Archery! Because you know how well arrows shoot under the water. Oh, man, they're badass. <laughs> yes. uh, so Whale Chief decided to hold an archery contest, and the animal that came closest with its, with its arrow to the mark would be allowed to wed his daughter. So now wolf, bear, eagle, beaver, otter, kingfisher, and many others tried, but none of their arrows came very close to the center of the mark. None of them were perfect. And along came Merida. 
Yes. <laughs> the whale. The they whale. Came, then came this fox dressed as a stork. Yes. Oh, yeah. Weak. All this would make more sense than what you're about to hear. <laughs> yeah. Finally, the little wren asked to try. <laughs> oh, what? Little wren. The wren. The little wren. The, the little, little birdie, birdie, birds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I want to change. Uh, Give me uh, a shot. I make a shot. But, and because he was so tiny, he had made his own bow and arrow from two spruce needles. Oh. His needle-like arrow flew straight to the center of the mark, winning the right to marry the whale chief's daughter. So a wren married a dolphin. <laughs> now all the other animals roared and shrieked in fury and started to chase a small wren who flew up to a knot hole where he was safe and where most wrens have nested ever since i i swear to you this is all somehow in the totem pole i don't know how but this is the story i'm looking well, at him I was like now, how does this work hootis the bear chief hootis 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 and his band the blowfish yeah uh <laughs> Hootis, uh, the bear chief, and his wife had two small cubs who could transform themselves into humans if they so chose. So there's brave for you right there. Humans transforming into bears. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so they went with Wren and his new bride, Dolphin, as their protectors when they moved to a small island. Wow. Uh, beautiful Dolphin would leap out of the water for joy whenever her husband sang and danced for her. However, she missed her friend's the salmon people, because we haven't gotten to the salmon people yet. Oh, we need more salmon people in our The life. salmon people. <laughs> I feel like we've kind of been cheating this story because we've been I'm, like, what have the salmon people been up to this entire time? <laughs> Finally, we're going to get to the salmon people. They've been making patties. Right. <laughs> oh, so now, my. Rin had Frog, the great peacemaker, call the salmon people back from their journeys to the surrounding rivers and islands. Okay. Lee, did you know this? They, they left journeys? Yes. Yeah, that's because Lee was after him to put him in jail. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Lee was gonna put him in jail for stealing shoes. Stealing shoes. <laughs> yeah. Now the seven people did return and were so happy to see Dolphin again that they leapt up the rivers and over the waterfalls. Then they were eaten by a bear. Hootis, to be specific. The, yes, the salmon. Hootis ate them. Yes. Uh, no, many new salmon were born in these waters, but left to grow large and shiny, vowing that they would return to the river where they had been born. And so finally, you may be asking yourself, what the hell does this have to do with the raven at the top of the bowl? I've been asking that mentally. <laughs> well, E, I'm glad to tell you that at the top of the pole is raven, yes. representing another version of the trickster bird flying into the sky chief's house, where with his beak, he cleverly untied the double cords and knots that tightly bound a painted box. Opening the lid, Raven lifted out the moon and then broke off chips from the cedar box to form stars. He flung them all into the dark night sky where they have spread their light. So it just seems like this is like a separate story where Raven created the night sky. Okay. Uh, I, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. And then next, uh, Raven, he reached into the bird box and flung out a fiery ball of sun as a gift to all the animals, birds, and humans to brighten the world. Oh, that's so Raven, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee was right there with that one. Uh, 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 that I don't like to make fun of any uh, culture's uh, tales or whatever, but that is the most random story I've ever heard. 
What? That was wild. What's wrong with this? Oh, the final tale of the Raven is another variation of the story told on the large cedar totem pole outside the trading post in the in the Canada Pavilion at World Showcase. So apparently, oh, this Raven's oh. tale is a very popular thing. Okay. Interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Here he goes. The, the, this particular story is central to the Northwest Indians' spiritual beliefs about the origins of the world. So now you kind of make okay. fun. Of their beliefs, man. No, I, that's why I say I hate to like make fun of an any narrative. I just didn't see how it all went together. So you know, just you know, but the world is a chaotic yeah. place. So I'm, I apologize for asking questions of the story of the Raven. Never more will I ask. <laughs> well, I, I suppose never more do you need to hear the story of the Eagle Totem Pole. Definitely never more. <laughs> I, think we're good. I, I have the Cliff Notes version. Why yeah. don't you give us a clip yeah, what's version, the version of, of the eagle? what happened with the eagle? Because if you ask me who this is, I don't know anymore. Who okay. Is, who I'm going to give you the 10-second version versus I didn't have the whole big Raven story either, so Danny definitely had the more details. I was, uh, yeah, I was cute. That, that was is uh, courteous of Jim Corcus and his book, uh, okay. Secrets. More Secret. No, Most Mo Secrets. Mo secrets. Mo secrets. Okay. Who this? Most Secrets. About this. So thank you, Jim Corcus. And All actually, right. thank you, Jim, for... Some of this information I did get here tonight is also from him as well. So, okay. Corcus rocks. Thanks, Corcus. Um, yes. Okay, so the Eagle Pole story begins at the bottom. So there was a bear chief. Apparently there was a frog. And a frog tells the bear chief that he should hold a potluck feast for his young nephew, Bear Cub, and give him a magnificent gift. At the top of the pole is another tale of Raven and how the bird released the first humans who ever walked on the earth. So there's your 20-second cliff note version of the Eagle Pole story. Raven is like God. He's creating people. He's creating the stars. Right. He's creating the sun. What did the Eagle do? A world concert 17 times. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, well, he supposedly released the first humans to walk on the earth. Ah. Here. ah. At the Hotel so, California, yes. And that was the... Uh, Magnificent gift that he gave. The eagle created Americans. Oh, yeah, here, I got it. I got it for you right here, Keith. Eagle likes to help, which is why atop his head sits three small tan skeels. These are the watchmen for all humans and animals, wearing tall, shaded hats. Tan skeels keep their eyes wide open day and night, peering endlessly out to sea. Uh, So there you go. They're protecting the village houses. That's uh, there you go. And oh, and he, oh, I'm sorry. And eagles at the top of the pole also because he heard a girl crying out to sea because she had gone away to marry one of the undersea people, <laughs> presumably related to the salmon people. I would think. <laughs> but uh, the under the sea people <laughs> grew sad and lonely for a family and her own. This sounds like the mermaid story right here. Look at that. Kind of a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. All right. I think we've. Uh, I think we said it all. I think we're exhausted. Yeah. About this, the totem pole. Um, yeah. I, think the, I think the Eagles did too much cocaine in the 80s. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. There was a lot of peyote that went into those totem poles. Yeah. Yeah, those gummy peyotes. All right. So overall, the Wilderness Lodge is tribute to Native Americans. There's a lot of Native American stuff in there with the totem poles, decorations, and just sets that Pacific Northwest National Park theme in there. So. Yeah. And, then, and the more famous totem pole, I think, is the one that everyone sees with Mickey and Goofy and Donald and right by the gift shop, Humphrey the bear. Yes, yeah, that's that's the one that a lot of people more recognize, and and all the kids take the picture in front of. That is probably the one everyone's like, well, why aren't they talking about that one? I don't know. Is there a story behind that one, Keith? Outside of it's just, I mean, more. It's more about Humphrey the bear. We can jump into him a little bit. Well, Donald went to the whale chief and wanted to marry the cheetah girl. <laughs> And that's when Shark Boy and Lava Girl yeah, got, got yeah. in there. Right. 
I really think Imagineers just wanted to throw some Disney into it. So they created this totem pole. Get your picture with it. You can buy the totem pole in the gift shop yep. kind of thing or whatever. Monetize. Yes, exactly. So then part of this totem pole they have right in front of the gift shop is Humphrey the Bear. So he's the unofficial slash official mascot of the Wilderness Lodge. So the brown bear is an image that you see over and over at the Wilderness Lodge as well. Mm. So why not bring in one of the most famous bears or not famous bears, depending on how you look at it. Almost famous. Um, Infamous, even. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they could have easily brought in one of the country bears, but they basically brought in Humphrey the Bear. And uh, Humphrey the Bear's background, he, he actually had his own set of Disney cartoons in the... I think it's in the 1940s, maybe in the 50s. I don't know the exact time frame of the cartoons, but yeah, it's like it, 50s. So I, I think they were they were kind of giving him his own cartoons going forward, but economics and whatnot struck, and they 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 moved away from doing the shorts. But yes. he was kind of going in that direction. He was becoming a star. I mean, you saw him in Donald cartoons, Goofy cartoons. Yep. Um, he was in the Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse at one sure, point. Sure, yeah, yeah, in the intro a little yeah. bit. He even supposedly has a, a cameo in um, in uh, Roger Rabbit. <coughs> At the oh, very yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, you know when all those uh, mm-hmm. obscure characters kind of uh, show up at the end? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. But you know what? Now you say that, Keith, that is really that is one room that I may pay to, extra to stay at if they decide to infuse the country bears and do like a there country bear thing. Oh, that'd be room, really cool, yeah. I, I might want to stay in that room. That would be kind of interesting. Country, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it'd be I'm, great. Don't even like country music, but I like the country bears. They, they could have the big uh, mounted bear head to be your wake-up call. Like, uh, hey, yeah. time to wake up. Oh, Max and the... No, you mean, you mean like, yeah, the Biff? buffalo, yeah, the, the yeah. elk, and the... Um, yeah, man. And the deer. Moose. Yes, moose. moose. Wake up call in the morning. That's one thing you don't actually see at the Wilderness Lodge. Is you, don't think it, you don't see anything stuffed or any kind of heads. It would fit, I would think, but because of Disney being PC. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a big moose head hanging on the wall? It would, it would totally work. Howdy, yeah. folks. Gaston's place. Humphrey the Bear is the unofficial mascot. A lovable, overweight brown bear who lives in fictional... Brownstone National Park. I guess they just made up their own national park for the background of the character. There's bear references all around the resort. Bear tracks bedded in the walkways. You see bear patterns in like lampshade just walking around the resort. And some people say, and I kind of see this more over at Disney Californian Adventure, but some people say that based on the multi-peak roof structure, if you look at a certain location, specifically looking at Bay Lake and you look back, kind of re- resembles like the face of a bear, the, oh, the whole resort. Or a sailboat. <laughs> a sailboat. Or a sailboat. Or a sailboat. Okay. We're not going to see the damn sailboat. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I've never that's, heard that either. very interesting. I, I have to take yeah, a look I'll at that. Yeah, kind of look it up after the show. You know, and all the listeners Google, you know, a view of the Wilderness Lodge from Bay Lake. Because if you think about it, they have the two long wings of it and then the tall building. So I guess it's his arms. And then the head, maybe stretching a little bit. But. Yeah, I about to say, it takes so. a lot of work to get to that point. I can barely take it. <laughs> ah. Wow. You heard the joke about the bear and the rabbit, right? <laughs> What's that? The Eddie Murphy joke. Bear and the rabbit, they're in the woods. And he goes, hey, uh, rabbit, do you have a problem with poop sticking to your fur? Oh, so he wipes his ass with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's good. How about they make a ride out of that? How about that experience? How about yes. that for a total pull? <laughs> that was going to be the next Humphrey short, but oh. it just didn't work out. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Keith, before we move on, because I heard that the way the design of the of, of the uh, hotel itself, the resort, it is meant to be, it's like the lobby is a tribute to Native Americans because they have the, the artifacts and the, and the reproductions like I was talking about. 
in the totem poles and whatnot. Um, then you got Whispering Canyon, which kind of showcases the Wild West kind of lifestyle with cowboys and Native Americans, that kind of thing. And uh-huh. then you have Territory Lounge, which is supposed to be a homage to explorers. And then, uh, you know, Artist Point, which is supposed to be um, celebrating, like, the painters who helped uh, capture the images of the Old West. Is that about what you heard? Yeah, that's definitely similar. And once we go into the backstory a little bit, it all ties in together. It explains more of the geyser about in you know, the woods, the dock, and why you have a river running through the lobby as well. Oh, you know, well, everything's there, through. always at Disney for a reason. We can jump into restaurants if you want to, gentlemen, do that. Yeah, we're, since we're in the lobby, the restaurant's right there. You can't miss it, both of them at least. I think personally, well, until they change the Snow White, I think there was two of the best restaurants in all property in the Wilderness Lodge. I don't know what you guys, if you guys ever ate at the restaurants or what you're... I ate at both of them. Ours Point was my all-time favorite. I got to eat since they've redone it uh, in the Snow White vein. And um, it wasn't bad, but it's not... It's not the same. It's not the same. Eli ate there, too. Yeah. Eli ate at Ours Point. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was that good. That soup you keep telling me that about, I remember. smoky portobello mushroom soup. Yeah, oh. I wish I could have experienced that. Yeah, I don't know if it's just people didn't like the Pacific Northwest food. I mean, I had a great piece of salmon there when I... I used to love Artist Point as well. I think people, you know, I think it was a combination of the food and combination of people didn't want to schlep all the way out to um, Winter's Lodge just to eat at, like, one of the restaurants. Yeah, I think it's exactly it. If it was on the monorail line, I think yeah. Artist Point would have been a huge success. Well, even if that, yeah. if they had, a, like, a, a reliable piece of transportation where that they that they know they can just take there. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. a lot so of people go to... Train. Yeah, if they had the train, I think it would have yeah. worked. All the monorail line resorts do well because there's a monorail. And yep. it's very easy to see. But if they had like a, uh, hey, you just go to this train, you'll take it to the restaurant, I'm sure they would have gotten some business. Now, having said that, we loved it so much, we always made it a point to go there. there yep. they, they had that cedar plank uh, salmon, mm. which I think they might even still serve. I don't remember because that's not what I had last time. Because my thing was always the scallops. They used to do these really huge, really awesome scallops. That's awesome. And that with the soup and everything. Oh, my God. Just... Mm, mouth is watering right now thinking of it. Was, it was a cool atmosphere. I mean, Very cool was, atmosphere. Yeah, it was killer. Such a cool atmosphere. I'm sure Keith will get into the uh, imagined uh, backstory of this place. Yeah, it, it really is kind of a... It's, it's amazing the amount of thought that they put into these kind of things. And then they grew it, closed right it down, watered yep. it down with Disney characters. And it's now what, like a set menu and all that, I think? And snow... Uh, no, one of the characters comes out or something it's a snow white themed yeah so you got a prefix menu yeah like the evil queen will stay there and you go ahead and you go take a picture with her on your own accord but grumpy and dopey come to the table i don't remember snow white i remember snow white no i I know she was there but i don't remember if she came to the table or if it was a a picture moment picture moment i I can't remember that i mean the whole thing was like it was well done for what it was but it's almost it's almost like walking into a fine dining establishment and having them like just redo the characters it. show up. Yeah, right? it's yeah, uh, it it's was unfortunate, a, right? Yeah, it was a little unfortunate, but it wasn't like you see little kids now. It was more like you would take your wife, Danny. You know, like more like the fine dining experience. And now they kind of watered it down. I think they they have they have. But I yeah. mean, I'm a huge dopey fan, and having a, a okay. place, I, I, I that was one thing I always wanted. And whenever we went to a, a Disney theme park, it was a picture of my kid with dopey. And how okay. did I get it? Artist point. Artist oh, there point. you go. Nice. So, all right. Well, now so, you can just take a picture with me. Yes. Well, Dopey does not. He's the one dwarf that doesn't have a beard. 
Oh, never mind. <laughs> Disney expert. <laughs> that joke up. Uh, not too bad. You're just kind of dopey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what do you guys think of Wilderness Canyon Cafe? Wilderness Canyon wow. Cafe. Wow. You know, okay, so I ate that place one time. It reminded me of why I've never booked at 70s primetime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, 70s primetime? Is that what it is? Or 60s primetime? What is it? Uh, 50s, 19, primetime. Uh, 50s primetime. There you go. We'll never, never book at 70s never primetime. Never booked over there. Are we talking about Whispering Canyon or there's a different restaurant? Whispering no, Canyon. Whispering Canyon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You he said, said 70s primetime. That's why I laughed. Wolfgang, okay, Amadeus okay. primetime. Well, no, I mean, it's it's a fun place to eat, but it's the food is average at best. It's just it, it's fun to do one time. Not about the food. It's about being fussed at. It's the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fussed yes, at. exactly. Yes, you, you get fussed. so like if you ask for ketchup while you're eating at the Whispering Canyon Cafe. OK, everybody brings you 18,000 things of ketchup. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just pre, pre, right. pre COVID days. Now, I don't know what they right. do. Right or like, you know, if the waitress will ask you, you want some, you need something more to drink. You usually say, oh, just a little bit. And she'll bring you like a cup like this bit. Right. Yeah, like like an itty bitty yeah. tiny like corny cup. stuff. Yes. Uh, or gotcha. I want a lot of water and they'll bring out a big air. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, and just so a goofy prank kind of. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you're into that kind of fun. I've never been yeah. into that. Like, it's like, okay, cool. I, I don't know how to react to this. Yeah. Like, I'm just <laughs> thirsty. Right. It's like, it's it's 11 o'clock. I'm tired. <laughs> just move on. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a little tip. How about that? You think that'd be funny after the service is done? <laughs> uh, uh, I'll do it, too. No, you have. I've I will literally you. write on the tip deck. Here's a little tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they also have, they have like little cowboy races with little wooden horses and all yeah, that. It's yeah. kind of like those coconut races over the Polynesian, but, you know, yeah. it's definitely uh, sticky. But that's I mean, a, it's that's, that's a, a good perfect word. word. Yeah, perfect sticky. word. Kind of goes in with that hoopty do review. Hokey. I mean, I personally liked it. I haven't been there in 10, 15 years. It's on my list to do next time I go. But then a couple of years ago, people like getting a little bit annoyed about it. And maybe guests were complaining about the noise because they like hoop and holler or whatever. Yes. And a I lot. guess that sound was um, carrying up to the rooms. Because think about it, you have that big lobby. And I guess it was going down the hallway. So now supposedly it's more like a subdued Whispering Canyon. But after COVID, I don't know the catch up and we'll see. You, know. you see, again, that's not my cup of tea, but I can understand that it could be some people. So I would have never complained. I'd just be like, well, that's not me. I went there one time and I'm like, all right, I don't need dinner to be this excitable. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So the next restaurant we need to talk about is Geyser Point Bar and Grill. One of the great things about the Wilderness Lodge is this is kind of a new. It was part of the, uh, I won't get into the DVCs in a little bit, but part of the Copper Creek um, Villas and Cabins. It's an outdoor bar and grill where you can get food, and the food's a little bit more like upscale where you can get burgers, but like kind of Disney spin on like fancy burgers and that kind of thing. Okay. But the best part about this place is it has a view of the lake. Oh, nice. Um, oh, all right. But not a view of the beach. Not of a beach. It's kind of what I love personally about the Wilderness Lodge is you can sit there. It's on the lake, not on the beach. So it's just great in that sense. It's like the Polynesian. There's not many resorts which are on a lake as part of their themings. It's just kind of a neat little place you can go and watch the sunset. I don't think I've ever been. Yeah, well, it's, it's fairly new in the last five to eight years whenever Copper Creek opened up. It's kind of if you're visiting the resort, you can just grab a beer, maybe grab a burger, get a view of the lake, cool place to just kind of hang out. So so if you're not staying at, at Copper Creek or, or Boulder Ridge, is it conveniently located or is it more like 
better if you're staying in that area? It's, it's better if you're staying in that area. I like to visit the Wilderness Lodge just to visit it, just walk around the resort. But I also like to use it for transportation. So you know how you do the uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party? Yeah. And yep. based from like 4.30 or they wait a couple hours earlier and then close at midnight or whatever. Yeah. I think, at, you know, when it's midnight, you know, after the party's over, it's going to be such a pain to take like the bus and the monorail back to the transportation center. Kids tired and all that. You know what I mean? You got to go stay at the Best Western. Cause right. Cause, yeah. Because I like to stay off site, as we know, <laughs> so, um, versus spending $700 a night on site. So what I did is I actually did valet. So I paid, you know, the $20, $30 to valet at the resort. And then I could just, you know, stroll through the resort and then walk to the back of the resort. You have that nice lake view. And then just take a leisurely, like said earlier, 10-minute boat ride to the Magic Kingdom. And okay. then at the end of the night, you just kind of reverse it. Go in the lobby, would walk out the door. But the interesting thing is, which I kind of didn't factor in, is A, when you do valet parking at midnight, it resets the cost. So oh, you pay $20 or $30 for the day, hit midnight, 12.01, you're paying that $20 or $30 again. It's a new day. It's a yep. day too. Yep. So, and I'm sure there's a reason behind that for people like me. Who And the other thing, which is probably a bigger factor is, so I'm coming back from the not so scary party. Well, well when I first went out to the party, apparently the doors lock after I think it's 11. So if you don't have a magic band and you're not staying at the resort, you're locked out. Wow. So luckily, coming back on the ferry boat, I was able to just go in with a whole bunch of people and just grab the door and, you know, went in the resort. So I don't know what we would have done. I'm sure we would have. You're walking through the woods. (laughs) Actually, what we could have done is just a little bit of a... Jump out the boat? (laughs) Is, um, you know, you can actually walk from the Wilderness Lodge to Fort Wilderness. There's a trail. Yes, you can bike there. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, bike that. Never did it, and I don't think most people actually did, but I would imagine it would be nice, relaxing bike ride or walk or whatever. It's I nice. think that's where that when they had the Segway tour, that's that's where they went too. Is that when they went? Yeah, okay. it's I think, nice. I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. You know what they should do? They should take their old river country and turn it into Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes like a survivalist like theme park resort stay kind of kind of like their uh like an escape room. Right, yeah, exactly. Like uh like their new Star Wars hotel. You stay there, but you don't get to do, choose. Like the minute you get killed, the minute you allow yourself to get killed, yeah, all, you and all your bags got to leave property. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of like able- a reality show. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you just have to survive, Jason, in the in the wilderness. You sir have been eliminated. Yes, I think that'd be cool. You know, it's funny, Danny, because I was just <laughs> what I was just about to say, and you took my thunder a little bit. Is I was just about to say, so that walkway from uh, Wilderness Lodge to. Uh, Fort Wilderness. I'm sure it's been at night. I'm sure there's no light, so you, you really wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. And then the first thing I thought of was Friday the 13th, and then you just said that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you walk along. Great minds think alike, so yeah. Kind of funny. I don't know. Um, I'd be more scared of the alligators than Jason, but... Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Or Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so let's now jump into the backstory. Not only Artist Point, Wilderness Lodge, basically the whole resort. And it has a very interesting backstory. I think almost as interesting as Port Orleans Riverside. Yeah, about a year ago. So, And I kind of wish I had a copy of it. I'm sure I could buy it on eBay. This is when they used to give out these newspapers, you know, when you checked in and having all your Disney information. And part of that newspaper they gave out had that backstory. Oh, I love that thing. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah. Grand Floridian, uh, different Port, resorts uh, along the time where you, yes. you got to uh, Port Orleans, all that. Yeah. You yep. got the backstory of the resort through that. It was um, the Star Creek. 
I'm sorry, Silver Creek Star, something like that. That was the name of the newspaper, yep. wasn't it? Yeah, so it, it, you're actually right, Danny. It was called the Silver Creek Star. There you go. Um, yeah. Was it the same newspaper for all the resorts? No, no, actually, no, no, no. no. Okay, this, this was specific to Wilderness Lodge, and so, like, Grand Floridian would have a different newspaper, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. everybody had yeah. their own specific newspaper. Got it. And I think each one was themed to the time frame, but I think, like, they had different names because supposedly these resorts were at different periods in time. Mm-hmm. But this was the Silver Creek Star, and this was basically the hotel's guest guide. And there would be articles talking about guest services and when the hours of the resort, you know, restaurants are and whatever. So, but part of it is they had... They needed filler. Yes. And I don't know, Danny, if you have the backstory in front of you. Uh, All right. So basically what it works out to is that the the whole history of the Wilderness Lodge exists around the exploits of this colonel named Ezekiel Moreland in the early 1800s. That's a great name. Moreland. You see, you see, that's a clever Disney. Moreland. So he's out there looking for adventure. Yeah, Yeah. he, he was a, he fought in the war of 1812 is the way I remember it. And then he, he set out to survey the great Northwest in 1822. Okay. Uh, now, he led an expedition. There was like 50 men that he enlisted, and they were all going out, but they encountered a st- like a stampede of more than 10,000 buffalo that nearly destroyed all of their possessions just wow. 80 miles from their starting point. So the men all were like, screw this. They just gave up, threw up their hands like, we're done. And Moreland's like, cowards! <laughs> you know, Suck! Yeah, yeah. So he decides, you know what? Screw this, guys. I'm going to go it alone. Yeah. Bowland. Right. Get it, Bowland. So no one hears from him for about like two years. All of a sudden, he shows up and he's got this great bounty of like beaver pelts and furs and all this stuff to help make him wealthy. Like he comes back, he's got all this cool stuff. And, man, he's just selling it left and right. He becomes wealthy off of it. And now he invites his daughter. Her name was Genevieve, uh, which uh, he called Ginny. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like peace and carrots. Yeah, they went together like peas and carrots. That's exactly right. Because like, she was from the block. <laughs> uh, don't be um, fooled by the rock she's got. <laughs> so he invites his daughter, Jenny, uh, to come experience this wonderful, beautiful place that he discovered on his journey. Marlin is the one who kind of gives the the name of the valley Silver Creek Springs. And the reason for that is because the mineral deposits coming from the hot springs make the water shimmer like silver. Ah, so that's sense. how you get the name Silver Creek Springs. Jenny now has this young Australian artist named Frederic Alonzo Gustaf, who is her traveling companion. I don't trust this guy already. <laughs> Gustav. I don't even know what this is, where this is going, but that name sounds shady. <laughs> uh, so uh, they all rendezvous, uh, Moreland, Jenny, and Frederick, and they set off towards Silver Creek Springs with a small group of, uh, of men, and they build a, a lodge near this freshwater spring. The Wilderness Lodge now welcomes artists, scientists, and nature lovers of all types, and as the number of visitors grow, they expand the lodge. They add more rooms so that way they can accommodate everyone. And this kind of 
gets us into, as with every one of these great backstories, it kind of gets us into where all the individual buildings on property come from. So take Artist Point, for example, uh, you know, a restaurant we all know very well. So according to legend, when they arrived in Silver Creek Springs, Gustav immediately unpacks his gear and sets up his easel on a rocky outcropping that offered the best view that you could possibly have of the springs. And as soon as Gustav begins to paint, boom, a geyser erupts, and it sends Gustav's easel and all his art supplies tumbling over the ledge. No. Oh. Yes. That sucks. Now, uh, you're not going to like to hear this, uh, Eli, uh, but Gustav does survive the fall. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, but despite this, the dangers, the ledge becomes his favorite place to paint because it offered such a perfect view of the landscape. Artists are just crazy people. Yes. And so as the years passed, other artists such as Thomas Moran and Albert Bierstad, they would flock to the area and, and they just wanted to paint. And where would you get that best view? But right on that rocky outcrop. So they would all set up shop there and they figured it up enough to know that when the, the, the because before the geyser would erupt, there would be a trembling and they knew stop there. So that way we don't get knocked off down the rocks, down the ledge into oblivion. What ends up happening is, is that years later, when the lodge finally gets finished, a formal dining room was built on the exact location that these artists would come to paint paintings. And it was aptly named Artist, Artist Point. Point. Artist Point. And of course, the artwork that adorns the walls were provided by the artists who would visit the area and paint there. Then there was another building, the, the, the Teton Boat and Bike Rental Building. And supposedly this was an original cabin that Colonel Ezekiel Moreland built shortly after arriving in the valley for the very first time when he was staying there alone before there was any Jenny from the block and stuff <laughs> and all them. It's a true uh, frontier experience. Yes. Now, the geyser. So we just kind of touched on the geyser a minute ago. The colonel learned the legend of fire rack geyser from a Native American elder known as Running Elk. Running Elk. Running Elk. Running, running Elk. Yes. Of the Elk. So apparently during one especially bad winter, an Indian hunting party was trapped in the valley by excessive snow. So they built a fire, but they just kind of kept it burning nonstop. They, like, they were just into the whole idea. Look, it's cold. We just want to be comfortable and warm all the time. Yeah. So after about five days, the rocks beneath them begin to crack and tremble. By the next day, the trembling became even greater. And so as they place yet another piece of wood in the fire, boom, the earth opens up and a great big pillar of hot steaming water erupts upwards, launching their teepees in the air. They run off frightened. And they flee the valley with warnings to avoid the location because they had angered the earth with their excessive, wasteful use of continuous fire. And that's what brought about what the geyser there, that brought about the name Fire Rock Geyser. That's right. That's fire Rock geyser. geyser. Paper, rock, scissors. Yes. And lastly, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's a backstory behind Whispering Canyon, and maybe Keith has it. I wasn't able to find it, but then there was the pool. The pool. The pool. They, they even have back... Again, they, they make they a backstory, backstory for everything. For everything yeah. Right. The pool, sitting around... Again, this is a greatly abbreviated story. You can find the whole story online. But there was a guy by the name of Georgie McGregor. Georgie McGregor. McGregor. Georgie. Got his arm bitten off by a clown in the sewer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> never was the same. No, uh, Georgie was an unlucky prospector. <laughs> I'm sorry. Georgie was an unlucky prospector who arrived in the valley in 1852... And when he arrived at the lodge, he pretended to be a cook because he didn't want him to know that he was a prospector and he was looking to take from the land all their riches and its goods. Thank you, Pete. 
Right. Yeah. And the frontier, well, they didn't have a whole lot of chefs on the frontier, obviously, at the time. I mean, so his skills as a chef, when they, they hear this, they're like, oh, you're hired. We want you to come here. Here's a job. You will get you a room. And he's like, yeah, I'll take the job. But I don't need a room so much. I'm just going to set up camp down there near the, you know, near the stream. He would kind of pretend to be doing his thing as a cook. Meanwhile, he's panning for silver and gold the entire time. Well, he wasn't making out as well as he thought he should. So Georgie got a little greedy one day and decided to use dynamite (laughs) to help uncover his fortune. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yes. Good idea. uh, Go get him, Georgie. History has not recorded whether this was an accident or whether Georgie meant to do this, but all of a sudden a tremendous explosion rings out throughout the valley and it leaves this large cavernous hole deep in the earth and sends Georgie about 20 feet up a large pine tree. This is the best backstory ever. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is my favorite backstory of all backstories right and here. So this is the last time Georgie ever looked for gold or silver ever again. And the cratered pool that he blew into the ground <laughs> now serves as one of the most favorite recreational activities of anybody staying at the lodge which is swimming in that nice uh, pool there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a beautiful pool. I remember many and many, many a night. Uh, do you remember, Eli, when you had your problems with my uh, neighbor and you called me up and said, hey, I just threw this dude out of your house? <laughs> yes. I was sitting at the pool, you know, reading a book, just relaxing by that pool at Wilderness Lodge. So, oh, wow. Yes. Thanks to Georgie McGregor. Thanks yeah. to Georgie. Great Back story. Back in 1852. Yes. How Georgie about that? McGregor. Mm. Yeah, they got a picture of him right here. How about that? And uh, I bet you he would drink proper 12 if we... McGregor. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yes. would, I would totally be like, man, how'd you survive that explosion? He was like, that's what I do. So there you go. That's, uh, that's all the backstories I could uh, locate. That's uh, crazy. That you got something else, Keith? I just wanted to cover one thing, and then I have uh, two other backstories. It's going to beat that one? No, nah, it's not going to beat that one. It's oh, not as interesting. But dang. Just, you know, if you think about the Wilderness Lodge, it's one of the few resorts that I can think of on Disney property where you come to have that river that's running through it. That's Jackson a great L- movie. Brad Pitt is an incredible actor. <laughs> The hell are you talking about? A river, river runs, runs through, through it. it. Oh Jesus! Gotcha. I had to think for a second there. <laughs> no, you're not alone no, on that you, one, yeah. Keith. That was. You, you really don't have to. Actually, we just reach for the sky no, on don't, that don't waste one. Your time with yeah, that. I, yeah, I slept through right. it. Yeah. <laughs> I never gotcha. watched it because I don't want to go through it. <laughs> Danny mentioned in the backstory the Silver Creek Springs. So it actually starts towards the back of the lobby. There's like a little area where it opens up and it, it, the stream goes under a bridge down the waterfall. Yes. Past the pool area and then goes into Bay Lake where that fire rock geyser is that Danny talks about in his backstory. So they built that geyser and that river, not only for theming, but to fit their backstory as well. It's like the stream kind of made its way through the lobby, then ignited the geyser on the way out and then boom, right in the Bay Lake. It is kind of nice. I I dig that. Because you can see it going, leaving the building. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. The Wilderness Lodge is only one of, I think it's the only resort where they actually not added not one, but two different DVCs. So they added Boulder Ridge right. um, Villas, which were formerly called the Villas at Wilderness Lodge. Mm-hmm. And then they added a little bit later on Copper Creek. So let me just quickly run through the backstories on the two DVCs here. Yes, okay. sir. It's kind of interesting because these were built, I don't know the exact time frame, but 94, I believe, was the opening of the Wilderness Lodge. And I think somewhere in 98, 99, somewhere in that time frame was Boulder Ridge. And then somewhere in the 2000 was Copper Creek. Well, first of all, they had to build these and they still had to theme it in with 
like the Wilderness Lodge, and they had to make it look like, hey, this been there the whole, since the beginning of Wilderness Lodge opened up. So it's just interesting. Uh, and they did a good job of blending it in. Boulder Ridge Villas. So the backstory is, so over time, as, you know, Silver Creek Springs expanded, you know, over at Porter Orleans and Dixie Landings, that kind of backstory. So the arrival of the Transcontinental Railroad in the Pacific Northwest spurred the development of rustic residential communities, which housed railhouse workers. And this is the story of basically how the Boulder Ridge Villas came to be. So they basically said that the land adjacent to the Wilderness Lodge would basically later be a team of railroad workers around the 1860s timeframe. And that this was an ideal location where they set up camp to help build the Intercontinental Railroad. And here they built themselves a place to stay. And then they moved on once their job was complete. But they left this residential community. And hence, this was the Boulder Ridge Villas. So ah, nice. okay. yeah, quite an industrious group. So that's a little bit of the backstory there. And have any of you ever wandered over to... um? These Boulder Ridge Villas? Yes, I have okay. not. So you know where I'm going next, Danny, with the train room and all I'm that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Carol Pacific, is that it? Yeah, so they kind of have this hidden, I think personally it's a hidden gem. Is It definitely qualifies as a hidden gem, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't say that it's a worth a special trip there. It is. But if you happen to be, well, if you happen to be at the resort or at the resort visiting, I would definitely stroll on over. Well, if, you, if you're a Disney historian, if you're a fan of Disney history and you want to see something that Walt personally owned at one point in time and used, uh, the Carrollwood Pacific is legend if you're a, a Disney historian of any sort. I mean, you know that that's where that... That's where this whole thing started from, was him running his model train in his backyard. Let's just fill in the uh, listeners just a little bit. Uh, so it's the Carrollwood Pacific Room. So um, go ahead, Danny. But basically, it's a room full of train history. Yes. It actually has at least, uh, I want to say it's two cars. His actual train that he used. Wow, that's uh, awesome. In, in his original property, right. And, and it, it's on loan from like Disney, Diane Milton, and she's gone now. But I mean, that's where they got it from, and... It's on display there. So, yes, no, it was it was a thrill to see it. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, train history. So if you're into the, the trains, it's full of memorabilia, train history, frame photos with Walt. And then it brings in uh, Roger Brogy, who has got involved with the trains, Carrollwood Historical Society. He was the founder of that. So it's just a lot of that history. I mean, I could. it's probably worth at least half an hour, hour just exploring the room. And the best part is no one knows about it, so there's nobody there. Well, yeah, if you want to just see something that Walt personally interacted with, something that he himself and his Friends and family rode. I think Roger Brogy was the one. Was he the one who uh, built the cars? I can't remember. It's been a little while since I've read it uh, up on that. But I mean, I, I've never been the most like necessarily interested in, in train history. But I do have right. a fascination with Walt, and I know that that's just something that yeah, it was him. It was enjoy- him. It was him. yeah, back in nineteen forty nine. Oh, yeah, okay. He, okay. he helped. Uh, where you worked with Walt is with Walt. To create those trains. So, yeah. But I will say this, like I read this on a website like a while back and I've often wondered about this. I think it's obviously I think it's all nonsense. It sometimes is fun to speculate and talk about these kind of things. Um, it, it's been rumored that there's a certain rocking chair in the Carol Woods Pacific Room, which at late at night will begin rocking on its own. And people say that this is just Walt visiting all the steam train related memories here within the room and i love that story i, I love that you, so you've heard this before yeah oh good i think it's just it goes into that whole nostalgia of walt so i, I love mm-hmm. that you know what i mean so i could totally see it yeah that's i think cool. that would be great if that started rocking i was like well <laughs> and i would want to ask him so many questions 
Uh, well, I don't know that anyone's actually. Oh, he singing. appears, but yes. that's a, yeah. But, but the, the it does it when the chair starts to rock and don't bother knocking. You won't <laughs> have no problem with me. <laughs> and, and since it's like in its own little area, it's really quiet in there. You know what I mean? Cause it's yes. not. You have to seek it out. So. Yes, there's like board games and stuff like that in there where you can all just hang. Yeah, in. that's cool. It's really so. a, it's a nice little room. We stayed in there for only a few moments, but right. I got to see it. And it was very cool. Maybe we'll awesome. stay yeah. there for our next podcast trip. It's a really great hotel. You should actually. That would be a really good location, actually. Yeah. If it's to do a podcast or something, yeah. If it's not haunted, I got you. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind haunted. If it's you don't Walt. mind haunted. If it's Walt, I, I'm. If it's Walt, Walt, Walt but what if it's that? I, I was in know. Walt's apartment and I was I I sat there and just stared at that lamp. Like waiting for the lamp to like flick off and on in its own and stuff like that because I heard those stories. Yes, indeed. You know, I remember being in there and just being like, "This is so cool. Is Walt really here?" You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that would that would be awesome as Walt, but if it's not Walt, then you know. That, oh yeah, like what, yeah. Up. It's Humphrey the Bear's ghost. <laughs> it, it's the it's the guy from Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, the old man. Yeah, the old man. That's it. It's holy temple. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's well cool, I you know talk to him, give him a cigarette. But y'all gonna die now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Cool. The other backstory is about Copper Creek. So the backstory on this one is that it has to do with mining and the railroad history. It's kind of similar to Boulder Ridge. So where the tales of the original structures at Wilderness Lodge drew their story from the 1800s, the new cropper, 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 stop, cropper crap, crop, 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 who's going to crop, crop, you going to crop, 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 copper creek, villas and cabins were tied to a later period when the railroad mining and quarry managers and foremen brought their families out west and built homes along the lakes with some of the materials and objects found in the area. The story concept is that the units employ materials like rustic tracks and reclaimed wood, as well as giant cog from railroad that form a wall hanging and occasional hidden Mickeys. So it's more like they did mining after the railroads were built. So it was so. railroads with a little bit of mining. That was my understanding as well. I haven't been able to tour Copper Creek yet, though. Yeah, I haven't toured it either. Yeah, so that's the backstories of the uh, Wilderness Lodge. One big feature, which we forgot to talk about, going back to the lobby, is the fireplace. Yeah, the oh, fireplace. I wow. love that fireplace. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot to talk about it earlier in our conversation. It's a structure as old as the hills. I wanted to ask a, about that, but it, yeah, I never got a chance to get to it. Yeah, so it goes... I mean, it's kind of funny to have a fireplace in Florida, mm-hmm. but it goes in with that wilderness theme you know you build a campfire fireplace it all makes sense so the fireplace is actually 82 feet tall and it's actually they did a lot of research but it's apparently it's a replica of the south rim of the grand canyon yeah rock structure through different rock materials through the fireplace it tells the history of the grand canyon so like layers different of, layers yeah different layers of oh, rock okay cool Different colors, different like yep. fossils yes. within those. It, it really is something special when you just sit out there in the at, at night. I always do that. Like wife and kid go to bed. Like I'm like, see ya, and I'll go yeah. downstairs and I'll just you know take in the pool, take in the lobby, take yeah. in whatever it is, and just sitting out in front of that fireplace and just noticing the striations as it goes up. I it's mean, amazing, it's really yeah. amazing. Yes, it's interesting because it actually used to be when they first started. Actually, it was a woodworking fireplace. And then a little bit of smoke and soot, 
and they realize we need to make it a gas fireplace. Yeah. Well, that works, yeah. In winter, it works nicely. Truthfully, every home in Texas has a freaking fireplace. We don't use them, but like two times a year, so it's not unusual for it to be in Florida like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know yeah. why we have fireplaces, but we do. Uh, it's for Santa. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry, kids. Yeah, yeah Santa's got to get That's down exactly there. Exactly. Spoiler. Why? You should yeah. know with that beard. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely one of the icons, I think, in the resort. And definitely, I, I, there's actually little smaller fireplaces kind of in the villas, but not as prevalent, you know, as an 82 foot fireplace. Yeah. No, I, I love it because I'm looking at the Silver Creek Star newspaper, and, and their leading sentence when they describe this thing is, goes like this It says, It took two billion years to build the fireplace at Wilderness Lodge. At least that's how long it took the Earth to create the layers of rock that are represented in our 82-foot replica of the Grand Canyon Strata. That's pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, it's, it's very awesome. That's a lot of work to get that detail in there. Hmm. But, I mean, you know, that's, that's nothing different than Dizzy would do. It's, it's pretty killer. Yeah, they actually hired a pantheonologist to study the walls of the Grand Canyon and then, you know, take all that and build that, you know, replica uh, with the different layers, color rocks and fossils and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a paleontologist so named uh, Robert Reed. He studied yeah. the walls of the actual Grand Canyon, and then they duplicated it. Yeah, and, and, the, and I'm looking here further in the paper. It says you'll find abundant numbers of coral, brachiopod, gastropod, and crinoid fossils. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they give you the, the levels at which all you can find all this stuff. I wish they'd still print this and give it to the guests. No, I'm with it's you. such a detail that, you know... I mean, they say seventh floor embedded there in the, I mean, the type of limestone that they have and the formations. You can see clam fossils and all kind of crazy. The stuff. only reason I can think of that they don't do it is because they know that they change things on a regular basis based upon what's working, what doesn't working, that they just be constantly redoing this history. I guess they're not changing the fireplace right off the bat like that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. yeah, no, I give you that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. They've already changed Artist Point. I was just going to say, it's all digital now. You could put it in your My Disney Experience. True. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And changing that online, it's not like they have to go through and retype like a whole thing that's going to be printed out and change the printing press and all this other stuff. It's click, click, click. Okay, well, now it's uh, now it's the Brother Bear fireplace or whatever. But mm. it's all be done through your My Disney Experience. It's all digital now. How many people do you think know all these backstories? This is what's kind of sad. These All these stories get lost in time. That's why... Yeah. You know, when you guys told me, like, hey, let's go do Wilderness Lodge, I'm like, you know, let's do it because all these great backstories are lost to time, and at least we can tell the listeners about it. Well, the same thing with the Caribbean Beach. We did a whole episode of the Caribbean Beach, and then we knew that there was a backstory that was printed in a newspaper, but no one could figure out. The, or wh- find it. Yeah, we right. couldn't find it. Yeah. Couldn't locate. It's crazy. But, I mean, also, I think the other thing of it is, is that most people who go there just don't care about this kind of stuff. Yeah. It'd be nice for it to be there for people who do care. I would agree. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like okay, if you don't want to, if you don't care about this, just don't click the little link, <laughs> you know, and don't read about it. Well, you know, like look, I remember, like when uh, uh, there was a point where they had Disney. Uh, what was the name of the, that clothing line? Eighty something. So, like the men's line, Danny. Yeah, it was like something. Where they had all like the icon, like the Nautilus. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. this really great Disney history and stuff like that, represented in, in shirts and ties and whatnot yep. that you could. And then that's gone already. I mean, yeah, I, that didn't last very long. Yeah. I guess it's just such a small. Grouping Man of people who really, I mean, yeah. Remember the um the Disney teddy bear that you could buy, um, not Duffy. Teddy bear, sorry, no, 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 sorry. The Mickey Mouse you could buy. How Mickey? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How Mickey, and you'd walk around yeah. uh, the parks with him, and he would tell you stuff. Yeah. Same thing. You just put it on your phone now instead of uh, you know, whatever. They, they could they totally gotta, do that and have like a pop up or something to be like, yeah, hey, this information about, the, yeah. 
they got to figure out a way to make money on it, then they'll do it. I mean, my God, I'm looking at the Silver Creek store, and the detail is just absolutely amazing. Isn't it, though? You know, one of the things they, at the top by the, the name of the paper they have, celebrating 200 years of history for Silver Creek. And right below it, two cents. <laughs> 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 I mean, absolutely amazing. I'm just, I, I downloaded it for my own edification. Just so there I you go. It. Well, I mean, and, and also the, those newspaper things, that kind of, that was a Michael Eisner thing, wasn't it? Yes and no, because it depends on the time frame of when the resort was open up. I was going to say, we didn't get any uh, newspaper backstories on the Contemporary or the Polynesian. I think it was an Eisner, because I feel like a lot of these hotels with these crazy backstories did open up during the Eisner era. So I, I think I'm with you, Danny, on that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, just it, it, it seems like when we started getting the Caribbean Beach and um, yeah. uh, all those hotels that really are the Wilderness Lodge and whatnot that actually used... The newspapers to tell the story, it all seemed to be during the Eisner era. You know, it all makes sense. Uh, 92, somewhere in that time frame was the Port Wilderness. Not Port Wilderness. Port Wilderness. Here I am making up resorts again. Uh, Port Orleans. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, Wilderness Law. Yeah, they all had these really interesting backstories. Imagineering was kept busy back then. Yes. Uh, they actually imagined things. Huh? Go figure. They got creative. <laughs> Imagine that. What's the backstory now of the uh, Riviera? A bunch of rich people. There's no, there's, yeah, I was going to say, there's no backstory to Riviera that I'm aware of. I could look into it to see, but no, I have a bunch heard. of executive, business executives yeah. built it. Well, thanks, man. That was, that was pretty awesome. We definitely appreciate that tour. Always a pleasure to have you on, sir, man. Oh, thank you. So always a pleasure doing the research and, uh, you know, talking with you guys about it. You know, having uh, fans who love these backstory histories as much as I do. So I'm just a little disappointed that you and Lee did not fight at all. But it, it seems but that like... that was a truce from a couple of shows back, yeah, if I remember, right? Yeah, it seems like y'all have moved forward in this new age of COVID and, you know, like all these bad things that are happening in the world today, y'all have embraced. And you know, like, you know, let's move forward together. We have more well, in common. I mean, it's like yin and yang. It's like Keith, yes. no facial hair. Lee, all of the facial hair. <laughs> all of the hair. You got it's stubble. Totally well, I got facial hair a little bit. So oh, I so you said you clean shaved it for us. I don't, okay, so in the video. All right. Now I kind of grew the beard for just for the Wilderness Lodge episode. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I could never tell from this video looking yeah, weird. No, Lee, Lee fine, definitely but... has a waterfall from his chin. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and it's never beautiful. chase waterfalls, Keith. Yeah, don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and lakes that yes. you're used to. What a vision. Gotcha. Keith, thank you so much, man. We definitely appreciate it. Look, guys, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening at the end of this year, man, as we approach our 400th and Walt Disney World's 50th. Uh, we're splitting the podcast. Half of us going to Disneyland and half of us going to Walt Disney World. It's going to be freaking awesome. A lot of stuff. Make That's sure the plan. We don't know for sure, though. Hopefully. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, we'll be able to split coast and have Magic Our Way represented on both sides. Uh, so stay subscribed, man. A lot of West good things going to happen. Yes, West Side, East Side. We're going to have all that battle. So thank you so much, guys. We're going to battle rap, too. Yeah. yeah, we're, gonna yeah. About, <laughs> we're going to talk about how we're going to kill you East Coast suckers. My name suckers is don't. Peaches, and I'm the best. <laughs> all the bills love to suck my breast. <laughs> Time on the bike. Get it right, psych. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion. If you want to learn more about us, the Magic Our Way podcast, magicourway.com is the way to go. There you find our social media links, past episodes, and more. Also, if you want to express your opinion, you can get in touch with us through the following ways. Shoot us an email at show at magicourway.com. Call or send us a text message. Yes, I did say text at one eight one five more weekend That's one eight one five. Mo weekend. That is six six nine four two two six.
Also, we have a couple of guys who do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli does things with comics. Hey, Rob Liefeld here. Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Domino, Marvel Comics, Image Comics, all of it. You guys, what is up? Eli Ivory. What a great name. Eli Ivory, comic guru. I'm here to talk about you. I am here to say, check out ivorycomics.com. That's right, you. Check out ivorycomics.com. I-V-O-R-Y-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. If you're not doing that, you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, The Savages comic cannot be beat, cannot be surpassed. You need to check it out. Experience it for yourself. And you know the story. It's all about the glory. Congrats to you and all the magic that you're making with your Ivory Comics. Eli Ivory, comic book guru. Check out IvoryComics.com. Comic book guru. Eli Ivory. The whole package. Deadpool said to. Do it. IvoryComics.com. Right now. Lightfield out. Man, I never get tired of that. So just like Rob said, you can always visit the good stuff I have over there at the IvoryComics.com website. Of course, there's a link to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You never miss a joke. You never miss an insight. You never miss learning. Because that's what we do. You can also find me on Facebook.com, Eli H. Ivory. That's why I'm there. As long as you're a real person, hi, nice to meet you. But if you're a bot, got to beat you. Also, Project Geisha has a Facebook page with Facebook.com slash Project Geisha. Also, on Instagram, I'm right there posting up likes and hearts and shares. Eli 504 you can find me there. And, of course, on Twitter, I can be found at Hancock10166. So if you appreciate the madness, then you're just bringing me the gladness. Thank you very much. And guys, look, if you want to book a vacation to any of the Disney resorts, including Universal, anything around the country or the world, you can do so through Lee. Lee, tell them how to do this. Right, just give me a call at 832-431-1621, 832-431-1621. Email me at lee at magicrway.com. Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. Instagram, you got a friend in Lee Travel. And TikTok, you got a friend in Lee. Do any of that. We'll get you hooked up and booked up with no. Hasovika! And guys, look, there's so many ways to support the show as a whole. You can find them all on our website, magicourway.com. Any way in which you can support the show is deeply appreciated. We also want to take a second and thank you for being a loyal listener. And we always love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are always welcome on the Magic Our Way podcast, so make sure you get in touch with us today. Summer weekends, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Mickey bars. Hey, it's Lee from the Magic Our Way podcast, and when I'm not stuffing tacos down my throat, I'm listening to the Mad Hatter Radio. Adios, amigos.